Somebody say it's a good thing to laugh. I say it's a good thing to laugh. In fact, I tell you this. If you're going to live a victorious life, you need to learn how to laugh. Oh, man, I say you need to learn how to laugh. You want a scripture for that? The Bible says that God sits in the heavens and laughs at his enemies. I'm telling you, you can grow to a place in your faith. Oh, I'm teaching just a minute, Chris. You could grow to a place in your faith where when the devil tries to attack you with things, when storms of life try to come your way, when different things happen, because Jesus said in this life you'd have tribulation, but most Christians stop there. Jesus said, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Let me tell you this. You could come to a place in your faith where you enter into a labor of rest where you begin to laugh at trouble. I said you begin to laugh at trouble. Why do you laugh? Because it's funny? No, because you realize you have a greater one living on the inside of you that's greater than any trouble you could ever go through. Come on, somebody. Greater than anything hell could ever try and throw your way, that you serve the God of impossibles. And if it's an impossible situation, you're in good company because that's God's operating table. I said if it's an impossible situation, you're in good company because that's God's operating table. Amen? So I like to laugh. (laughs) And I heard about this guy. He got home one day after work, sat down in his favorite recliner, was tired. Anybody been there? A long day of work? Wham! His wife hits him in the head with a frying pan, knocks him to the floor. He gets back up. What in the heck was that all about? She said, I found this in your pants pocket, Mary Lou, with some numbers. He said, whoa, I can explain that. He said, man, I shouldn't have, but we went to the track. It was a horse I bet on. Okay, I'm sorry. Week later, he's sitting in his chair. Boom, she hits him again with a frying pan. Gets up off the floor. What in the world was that for? Your horse Mary Lou just called. (laughs) Can I tell you one more? You might as well say, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. I told this one in the early service. I'm not sure if they're ready to stab me or they thought it was funny, but I thought it was funny. I said, we got to pray for our friend Bob. He's been missing since Friday. It's usually not funny when somebody's missing, but in his case it is. He missed his anniversary. They've been married for nearly 50 years. His wife was upset. She said, I'm telling you right now, mister. I won't tell you everything she said because we're in church, amen? I need to be cussing at y'all. She said, I'll tell you right now, mister. She said, tomorrow morning when I wake up, there better be something that goes zero, Nick, to 206 seconds in the driveway. She said, and I mean it, Buster. He thought, oh, God, how am I going to do this? So being a, a smart man, intelligent like all of us men are, amen? I said, amen? Come on, man, I'm setting you free right here. I said, amen? He took care of it for her. She wakes up in the morning, and to her surprise, Nick, here's this huge box in the driveway. Big bow on it. She thought, I can't believe that sucker actually did it. He went and bought me that thing. She went out all excited, tore the bow off that thing. The box fell open. You know what she found? A bathroom scale. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I don't care who you are. Come on, somebody. I said, that's funny. Somebody give God some praise. Amen. He said, what does that have to do with the Word of God? Absolutely nothing. Some of y'all just look like you need to laugh. Amen. Some of you look a little uptight, a little religious. It's okay to laugh. The Bible says this, that in the Lord's presence, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. He said, at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. When do you start believing what the Word of God says? 
I said, when are you going to start believing what the Word of God says? Because the truth is this, if you would come into God's presence with faith and expectation, depression has to leave. Anxiety has to leave. Sickness and disease has to leave. You'd be surprised there's supernatural debt cancellation in God's presence. There's wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus still. There's miracle-working power. The gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit are readily available when you get in God's presence, but you have to have a faith and an expectation for it. Come on, somebody. We don't just go to church because it's a religious thing to do. Well, I give my tithe because I'm supposed to. No, no, no. I do it as an act of faith. I'm coming to church to believe that I'm meeting with the creators of the heavens and the earth. Come on, somebody. I give my tithe believing in faith that when I do, it rebukes the devourer off my life. I believe that every sickness, every disease, COVID, cancer, it don't make a difference. I don't need a jab. I got the almighty jab from heaven. Come on, somebody. When Jesus rang out his blood on Calvary for you and I, that was the greatest vaccine you could ever need. And if you got the vaccine, that's good for you. Personal choice. Amen? If I was going to get one, it wouldn't be Johnson & Johnson, and I'll tell you why. Because they couldn't get sunblack right, let alone a vaccine. Amen? <laughs> oh, man. Somebody say, thank God. Somebody say, thank God. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands just for a second. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we sang praise and worship, but you said in your word that you come and inhabit the praises of your people. So I thank you even now that your Holy Spirit's here. I thank you, Lord, that today has been nothing but people sharing testimonies with me, how God, how you've healed them, how your miracle-working powers worked again, Father. So as I stand here tonight and feel the presence of God getting strong on me in this place, Lord, as we laugh and have a good time and just celebrate what's going on in, in your house, Father, I want you to know that we're here for you, that we love you, Holy Spirit, and I want to ask you one more time to show up and show off. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Somebody give God some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1. In the New Testament, and I've been trying to get through this for about three weeks and haven't been able to do it. Thank the Lord. Yes, sir. I want to tell you this, that faith can do what God can do. To set this up, hear me. Faith can do what God can do. God's not moved by your tears. God's not moved by your shouting and clapping. God's not moved by your dancing, believe it or not. You could do cartwheels on your head all night long like you're a circus act, and that's not what moves God. There's only one thing that moves God, and it's faith. And while I'll add it, obedience to his word. I said faith is the only thing that moves God. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those that come to him must believe that he is, that he's what? A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, in America, we've gotten into this theology where we teach people it's wrong to believe God for things. Well, don't shout me down all at once. We've put out videos, American gospel, this, that, whatever, when the truth is that he said, without faith, it's impossible to please him, and then goes on to say, for if you're going to come to me, you must believe that I am. That I'm what? A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So we're teaching it's wrong to believe God when God's word teaches the exact opposite. That if you're going to come to him, you must believe that he's going to reward you. You must believe that there's benefits to serving God. I said there's benefits to serving God. I said in the early service this morning, God travels with an entourage. Oh, man. I said God travels with an entourage. 
In other words, when God shows up, healing shows up. When God shows up, peace shows up. When God shows up, joy shows up. The fruit of the Spirit, amen? I like to call them the big 18. The nine fruit of the Spirit and the nine gifts of the Spirit show up wherever God is. Why? Because God travels with an entourage. There's benefits to serving God. I said, there's benefits to serving God. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all my sin and heals all my disease. Hey, I said, forgives all my sin and heals all my disease. There's benefits to being a believer. Look at your neighbor say, there's benefits. Not like you're Baptist, come on. There's benefits to being a believer. Look, your life shouldn't look like you don't have a redeemer. Oh boy. I said, your life should not look like you don't have a redeemer. Your life shouldn't look like everybody else's life. People ought to look at you and say, man, they must get help from the outside. Come on. There's something different about them. Man, they go through trouble and they don't act like it bothers them. Man, they get sick and then they get better. And they didn't even get the Fauci-ouchie. Come on, somebody. Man, it looked like they were going down for the last time. They lost their job and then God gave them a business. Oh, man. God gave them an invention or an idea. Your life shouldn't look like everybody else's life. Your life should look like you serve the one true living God. People should look at your life and say, I want what they have. Well, I I need a scripture for that. Okay, Psalm 121, where people were looking at David's life and saying, that can't be the little red-headed boy with freckles that his own father didn't believe in him. There's no way. His own father didn't believe when the prophet came to his house. That can't be him. No, no, when everybody else didn't believe, it don't matter who stands against you. If God before you, who could be against you? What David found out is when he was out there ministering under the, oh, come on. When he was ministering to the Lord, what he was really doing was sowing seed. I said when he was ministering to the Lord in those sheep fields, S-H-E-E-P, because somebody will say I'm swearing. In those sheep fields, when he was ministering to the Lord, what he was really doing was sowing seed. It was a time of preparation. Come on, somebody. Sometimes preparation comes with isolation. Oh, man, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Sometimes preparation comes with isolation. Sometimes God's got to pull you away from some people, pull you away from some things. Come on, somebody. Pull you away from some negative voices or some people that don't believe in you. But it don't matter who doesn't believe in you. It doesn't matter who tell you it can't be done. If God be for you, who can be against you? The Bible says, thanks be to God who has qualified us. May we be people, watch this, that get the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. That says, wait a minute, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Last I checked, all things still means all things. Last I checked, if God's spirit lives on the inside of you, you're empowered with the word of God. You have the mind of Christ. Let me tell you something that nobody else will tell you in this life. There's nothing you can't do. I said, there's nothing you can't do. The only thing holding you back is the man in the mirror. Thanks, Michael Jackson. The only thing holding you back is not people, it's not circumstance, it's not I was born the wrong side of a spoon, I'm born the wrong side of a spoon. That's a bunch of baloney. The only thing holding you back is you. It's time we start putting a little human responsibility back on ourselves. Come on, somebody. And work like everything depends on us and pray like everything depends on God. Oh, man. I say it's time we start working like everything depends on us and pray like everything depends on God. It's time we come to a place in our faith where we say enough is enough. 
Ask for me and my house. We're going to move forward in the things of God. There's nobody holding me back. I will achieve my dreams. I will build that business. Goodness and mercy are still following me all the days of my life. I, his favor does surround me like a shield. Come on, somebody. His hand is upon me. I will be the head and never the tail. I'll only be above and never beneath. You wonder what I'm doing? I'm quoting some scripture after scripture after scripture at you. Because when the word of God goes forth, the Bible says it accomplishes that which he purposed it to do. I found out if I'll preach the word of God and stand in faith, all I have to do is speak the word, speak the word, speak the word only, and things begin to change because when the word and the spirit come together, it carries creative power. Jesus said in John 6, 6, 3, my words are spirit and they are life. You get around me, you better be a dreamer. If you're a negative person, I got a place for you. See the exit? Not you, ma'am. It's okay. No, I'm teasing. I'm sorry I had to. I'm sorry I had to do that. That door was way too open for that. Look, there ain't nothing God can't do. Is that true? The Bible says it like this. Yes, I am the Lord, the Lord of all people. Is there anything too hard for me? He said that in Genesis and again in Jeremiah. Now, wait a minute. Can God do all things? Hey, can God do all things? Now, where does God live? Oh, a couple of y'all have been with me. God lives on the inside of you, and he lives on the inside of me. The Bible says, do you not know you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? Do you not know you're the temple of the living God? If God lives on the inside of you, and God carries all power, there's nothing God can't do. Let me help you out. Let me tell you something they won't teach you in our schools, that that means there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't accomplish. Why is it you know it's God's power working on the inside of you? Do you ever think God wants to show himself strong on your behalf? Well, I need a scripture for that. That's called Jeremiah. Where he says that I am the Lord your God who wants to show myself strong on my people's behalf. He said, call unto me. I'll show you great and mighty unsearchable things which you don't know. People make excuses for why they can't do what God's called them to do. Let me tell you something. We'll get there in a minute. But God himself has qualified you. I said, God himself has qualified you. You might think you're not veil, uh, you know, valuable. You might think you're too fat, you're too stupid, you're too ugly, you're too old. You make every excuse under the sun for why you can't do what God's called you to do. But I'm about to show you a scripture in just a minute that says, thanks be to God who has qualified you to share in the inheritance. Let me ask you this. If God himself came down here and said, you're qualified, you'd get your button gear and get moving. When the truth is, he already sent his word and said it. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 107, 20, he exalts his word above his name, and he sent his word to heal us and deliver us. That's why he said, my, my people perish for a lack of knowledge of my word. You came back. Praise God. Usually they leave me and never come back. They do what Jesus would never do. They leave us. Amen. No, teasing. Hey, the creators of the heavens and the earth has qualified you. Qualified you. Yeah, but that's the problem. You got to leave the yabbits in the woods. Amen. We'll get, take care of them with the 12 gauge. Leave the yabbits in the woods. It's okay. Y'all with PETA? Relax. It's good. It's good. Don't worry. I'll equally offend everybody before the night's out. We said, what do you do? I said, well, I take off the, def- the devil professionally and sometimes some of God's so-called children. Amen. <laughs> Look, stop making excuses for what you can't do. Start speaking of what you can do. Whew. 
When you business people hear me in this place and on the other side of the camera, when are you going to start speaking to your business? Oh man, let me ask you this: Is the power of life and death in your tongue? I says the power of life and death in your tongue. Does the Bible say that in Proverbs eighteen twenty one that the power of life and death is in your tongue and you'll eat the fruit thereof? I said you'll eat the fruit thereof. That means good or bad. I said, that means good or bad. The Bible says in Galatians 6, what God will not be mocked, whatever a man will sow, that shall he also reap. So why not sow some blessing over your place? Start speaking positivity. Hey, start speaking positivity. Start saying, Lord, I thank you my business will do better and better every year. God, I thank you. You said in Deuteronomy 28 that everything I put my hands to is going to prosper. That you'd make me the head and never the tail. Come on, somebody. God, that things are getting better, better, better in Jesus' name. I said better, better, better in Jesus' name. God, I thank you things are working all together for my good. Because that's what you said in your word. See, most Christians don't even speak like this. They talk just like the world does. Oh, baby. I said they think just like the world does and they speak just like the world does. And then they wonder why they have the same results the world has. What do they used to say? Monkey see, monkey do. We end up in a monkey doo-doo, amen? <laughs> Don't like your harvest, change your seed. Whew. Oh, that's, that's worth the price of admission right there. I said, don't like your harvest, change your seed. You know what I worked hard to do? Distance myself from negative people. I don't like anything negative. You know why? It irritates my spirit. Why? Because I'm trying to renew my mind every day. I'm trying to transform my mind, put on the mind of Christ each and every day. I got a hard time putting on the mind of Christ as long as you're talking about all hell's problems. That's why somebody told me today, they said, there's a new variant of the COVID. I said, great. I didn't know there was a second variant. Now we're on to a third one. You know why? Because I don't have the news in my house. Oh boy, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this one. You want to end all the new variants? Just get rid of the news companies. Say amen or ouch, it's true. I gotta watch up getting kicked off Facebook again. I said something about the Vax Shine on Facebook one time and Tommy the commie, and they kicked me off for a month while I was preaching. They're not trying to censor you, baloney. But they could never censor this boy. I'll just do it all the more, amen. I am stubborn like that. I just keep moving forward, amen. Never going back in Jesus' name. In fact, a couple of weeks before that, I was getting on an uh, airplane in uh, New Orleans, and this lady, it was like 5 in the morning. I sit down in my seat up front, and I just wanted to sleep, amen? We got up at like 3 in the morning to go to the airport, and this lady says, <clears throat> excuse me, sir. Always with the excuse me, sir. I thought, oh, Lord, can I have selective hearing right now? I said, Lord, I know I pray for the deaf, but can I be deaf just for a moment? Amen. She said, your mask is beneath your nose. I wouldn't wear a mask unless they made you on here. You understand? It's a federal offense to not wear one now, thanks to President Biden. Amen. She said, your mask beneath your nose. I said, Dan, you got to pull it up. There's a new strand of the COVID. She said, haven't you heard of the Delta strand? I said, ma'am, the only Delta I've ever heard of is Delta Airlines, which we're sitting on. She don't like that too much. Once I got arrested, I went, but I don't want to talk to anybody at 5 o'clock in the morning on an airplane. I don't want to talk to anybody ever on an airplane. Amen? At 5 in the morning, though, especially about new variants of the fear flu they're trying to put on people. 
I don't want to talk about stuff. Am I saying there was never a virus? No, there was a virus. It was a biological attack on this country. Let me start on all that. President Trump put tariffs on China. China answered back. Don't believe it. You will one day. There was a real virus. I'm not saying there's not. I'm not negating if people died, things happened, or whatever. But what I am saying is they're working this thing with political ideas and agendas. That's not political. It's just the truth. You don't like it? Sorry. But I'll tell you this. You don't have to worry about any of that. I said you don't have to worry about any of that. If you have the word of God and your faith in God, you don't have to worry about dying from COVID or cancer or anything else. In fact, when COVID was like, you know, really a thing, I shouldn't say that, but it was like really bad, I prayed for people on ventilators. And guess what? They got off the ventilators. One lady, right? Was she in her 30s? A little bit older? With three kids, wasn't it? They put her on a ventilator and gave her a couple hours to live. I said, well, I love the medical doctors, but they're wrong. Why? Because Psalm 91.16 says, with long life he'll satisfy you and show you his salvation. Now, in your 30s, a little bit older, she said, is not very long life. Last I checked, according to Genesis 6, man's years would be 120 years in the earth. Most people don't want to believe for it. I will. I'm 30 years old, Ron. It means one quarter of my life is over. I got three quarters to go if Jesus should tarry. Amen? And you think you're getting rid of me, I'll just outlive everybody and keep preaching. Amen? I'll be so old, the old people will be calling me old and telling me to shut up. Amen? But you came to see me. We were working on the other building. And you said they've only given her a few hours. But I'll believe God if you will. And I said, we'll speak the word only. And she'll come up off that ventilator. And it'll be like she never even had that thing. Now, that's a bold thing to say. But here's what I know. I've seen God pull people up off of death sentences and sick beds way too many times in my life to know he won't do it. And if God did it for one, he'll do it for you. If God did it in the Bible, he still does it today. Come on, somebody. It don't matter if it's a new strand or a new variant or a new anything. He's still Christ the healer. Right? Didn't we? We believe God. And she came up off that ventilator. Everybody thought, whoa, what's going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. F-A-I-T-H. Faith in the one true living God. Faith in Jehovah Rapha. Watch this. Why? Because he qualified us to share in healing. One more while I'm on this vein. Hold on a second. I'll get you a microphone so people on the camera don't think I'm making stuff up. We stood in faith for my mother, 91 years old, had the covid she is well today, and that was a year ago. <laughs> she didn't think her long life was long enough yet at 91. Amen? My grandparents are in the back tonight. They'll be 91 in another month. 71 years in full-time in ministry. And I won't tell you what my grandfather said, but no COVID is killing them. Let's just say that. Amen? I said Amen. Why? Because I told him he's not allowed to go anywhere. You ask him. I told him, I said, we need you. My generation needs you. 71 years in full-time ministry is a long way to go. You've got a lot to say and a lot to teach and a lot to train. You've got a lot of faith to impart. So you're not going anywhere, even if you want to. I make my faith keep you here. Amen? And I keep pushing him to go for the 120. Whether he'll do it or not, it's up to him. But I keep pushing him for it. Amen? How many people think that's a good idea if he goes for it? 
Well, Grandpa, Grandma, you're outnumbered. Amen. And they look like a mean bunch, so you want I'll tease it. Somebody say, praise God. One more, I'll tell you this. While I'm on the vein of testimonies, because I feel it strong in my faith. Some people love testimonies. So the reason I'm telling you this is not to tell you great stories. I'm telling you this because it builds your faith. Because if God did it for somebody else, God will do it for you. In fact, let me say, why not you? We prayed for her son this morning to come back to the household of God at the 9 a.m. service. We stood in faith. Guess who come walking in the door for the 11 a.m. service? Her son. (laughs) Who happens to be a dear friend of mine. She said, Pastor Tyler, guess what just happened? I said, I already know. Why? Because prayer demands results. Faith gets results every time. I said, every time. Or Roberts used to say, expect a miracle. Something good is going to happen to you. Amen? I said, amen. One more. Dear friend of mine reached out to me earlier this week. He has a two-year-old son. In fact, his brother-in-law got healed of cancer when I prayed for him. And his son, the doctors say, have all kinds of problems. Doesn't look good. Death sentence type stuff. And I said, well, two years old surely isn't a long life. And then I said something bold in faith, like I tend to do if you hang around me any length of time. I said, take them to the doctor again. You'll see when you take them, they won't find one trace of anything in them. Funny enough, the only appointment they had was Sunday morning. I said, even better, that's the Lord's Day. Bold, right? Faith demands results. Faith demands results. Somebody said, all you do is teach faith. Well, it's the only thing that pleases God. So why would I teach anything else? Why waste your time, my time, or God's time? And I also know this. If I can get the children of God to elevate their faith to start believing God, Jesus will come soon. We're not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. That's a whole different conversation. Well, guess who texted me before the 11 a.m. service? He said, Pastor, guess what? We took so-and-so to the doctor. Not one trace of anything in his body. He's completely healed. He said, and we'll be a couple minutes late. He said, but we'll be at the 11 a.m. service with him to give God some praise. Amen? I said, nothing like sticking a knife in the devil. Who the, <laughs> who the heck does the devil think he is messing with a two-year-old boy? Come on. Messing with any of God's children, for starters. But a two-year-old boy? Now, I'm a parent. You mess with my daughter, you can find out what that river's for. Amen? Put concrete around your feet and we'll never see. No, I'm teasing. Come on, parents. Amen? You do what you got to do. Amen? That's rough. No, it's truthful. I'd do anything to protect my kids. Why? Because I love them. Now, how much more does our heavenly father love his children? Willing to protect his children. You think, you think God's okay with the devil harassing his children? You think God's okay with the devil putting sickness and disease on you? You think God's okay with the devil causing you to lose your job and destroying your marriage and destroying your family? No, that's right from the pit of hell. What you ought to do is put the return to sender label on that thing and send that thing right back to hell where it belongs. And thank God that he's greater than any measure, any attack. Watch, there's nothing the devil can do to you that God can't do something about. You serve a greater God. Watch, who's qualified you. Amen? So I told you this, and I will till Jesus comes. Two things. Number one, faith begins where the will of God is known. I said faith begins where the will of God is known. When you get the will of God on a matter, 
you know it's God's will, in other words, for your life, you can receive an open heavens over your life in that area. Amen? I never, the Lord's used us tremendous in the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. I've never seen it like it did when I started believing God that it's his will every time to heal every single person I lay hands on, whether I felt it or not. And then, oh baby, did we ever start seeing it. Start seeing blind eyes coming open and deaf ears coming open. A little boy in Carbondale laid hands on. God healed him of autism. Pulling people out of wheelchairs. Cancer. Legs growing out. One leg shorter than the other. I grabbed a whole lady's leg one night and yanked it. And guess what? I didn't pull it out of place. God stretched that leg right back out. I'm telling you, these are bona fide miracles we have on tape. Go on about signs, wonders, and miracles that God has used us because we're somebody special. No, but I found out that my faith can do what he can do if I believe it's his will every single time. Amen? So faith begins with will. God is known as what I told you. Secondly, I told you this, and I always tell you, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. I said fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Want a scripture for that? Job 3.25, where it says the very thing that Job feared the most came upon him. So now the only things I fear, I shared some of this with the 9 a.m. crowd, is I fear I'm too blessed. I fear I'm too favored. I fear I'll never lack. I fear I have too much of the Holy Ghost. I fear that the church has expanded too quickly. Why? Because the very thing he feared came upon him. So you know what I fear? The blessing of the Lord overtaking me. Come on, somebody. I fear my children being too blessed, my business being too blessed, that Honesdale being too shaken by the power of God. The only thing I fear is everything that's going to overtake me, which is the blessing of God that makes a man rich and adds no sorrow to it, according to Proverbs 10.22. I thank God that he's a good God who loves the give good gifts to his children. The Bible said he wouldn't withhold one good thing from those who walk uprightly, that he'd be your son and your shield, Psalm 8411, and he would not withhold one good thing from those who walk uprightly, that James 117 tells us every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, so there is no shadow of turning or variance in thee. Fear tolerates faith contaminated. I told you that faith always demands a result, Amen. Let's pick this up now before I preach you into tomorrow. Amen. I used to preach a lot longer than I came to Honesdale. I shortened it up. I ran out of some wind, Chris. 9 a.m. crowd didn't seem to think so, but Lord touched them. Amen. Verse 9, for this reason, since the day we heard about it, we have not stopped praying for you, asking specifically, I like to amplify it for this, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, with insight into his purposes. And in understanding of spiritual things, I told you this. The Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. You know why people die in sickness and disease? Because they don't have a knowledge that it's God's will to heal. Ooh, baby. Not all at once. Because they don't have revelation knowledge. I told you, you must get a revelation on the inside of you of God's will for your life, of God's word for your life. Because revelation, watch this, turns to transformation, which will bring a manifestation in your life. I'll say that again for my friends in the back. You get a revelation of God's word for your life, of God's will for your life, it'll bring you transformation. Because what you see on the outside is just a direct reflection of what's going on on the inside. Peace on the inside, peace on the outside. Turmoil on the inside, turmoil on the outside. Watch this, demons on the inside, hell on the outside. But I'm telling you, if you have faith on the inside, it'll be demonstrated with corresponding action on the outside. What you see on the outside is just a reflection of what's going on on the inside of people. So you get a revelation of God's will, which brings transformation, which ultimately will bring a manifestation in your life. Can you say amen? Man, I feel like preaching. 
real quick, I'm gonna keep moving on. I'm just recapping some of this stuff. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, displaying admirable character, moral courage, and personal integrity to fully please him in all things. I told you the only way to please God is with faith. I said the only way to please God is with faith. You wanna fully please God? You could never be good enough. Whoa, I could never be good enough. I'd have split hell wide open if it wouldn't have been for Jesus. How about you? Somebody said to me today, they said, wow, you're a little extreme. I said, I was extreme when I worked for the devil, too. I'll do the boogaloo with the best of them. Come on, somebody. The boogie woogie or whatever you want to call it. Why wouldn't I be extreme when God's redeemed my life, when God saved my soul? Why wouldn't I be excited when I realize the Bible says he who's been forgiven much loves much? Come on, some of y'all are professionals for the devil and then give a testimony like, well, then I got saved. My life sucks. No, the Bible says that the life of the righteous shines like a path that gets brighter and brighter day by day, according to Proverbs 4. Your life ought to get better and better in Jesus' name. From faith to faith, victory to victory, and glory to glory. Why? Because the word of God said it. Jesus said the thief comes in John 10, 10, to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. That was Jesus himself. T.O. Osborne used to say that's the gospel in one verse. Abundant life. Somebody say abundant life in Jesus. Amen? So fully pleasing him. In all things, bearing fruit in every, somebody say every, Good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God. I told you this, as your soul prospers, everything else in your life will prosper. Oh, I knew it would get quiet. You want a scripture for that? Third John. Third John 2. He said, my brethren, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospers. In other words, when you're prospering on the inside, it'll be evident on the outside. Whew. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I got a Holy Ghost grunt from Jeff in the corner. Come on, somebody. I said... When you're prospering on the inside, it'll bring you everything you could ever need, want, or desire on the outside. And trust me, the blessing of God overtakes you. Not everybody's going to celebrate with you. Oh, they'll gnat their teeth at you and gnash your teeth, get mad at you, talk about you. Who do you think you are? Sit your ugly self down. Let me tell you for a minute. I'm a child of the Most High God. I said, I'm a child of the Most High God. I've been made in the image and likeness of God. How about you? According to Psalm chapter 8, they said, Who is man you're mindful of him, the son of man that you visiteth with him? Come on, somebody. God said, I made him just a little lower than myself. I've given them dominion and authority over all the works of my hands. Then he goes on to list it because people aren't smart enough to catch it. That's who you are. You've been made in the image and likeness of God. You have the creators of the heavens and earth living on the inside of you. He has great plans for your life. He has purpose and destiny for your life. Well, I'm too old. Tell that to Abraham at 100. Come on, some of y'all getting older want that anointing. Or not. Come on, I want that anointing at 100. Come on, somebody. Put on the Marvin Gaye. Some of you get that on the ride home. That's what happened in the book of Genesis. Why? Because God turned back the hands of time in Abraham's life. You serve the same God who caused the sun to stand still so his people could win a victory. You serve the same God who caused the Red Sea to stand up and split in half and turn the sea into a highway. You serve the same God that when David, his own family didn't believe in him, his own father discounted him, his old brothers made jokes about him, God used him. He came out and said, listen, giant, I know I can't even wear this armor. I'm falling over when they put the king's armor on him. I'm not here to bring you a sandwich. I'm bringing a sword. I'm going to throw this stone Watch this, kill you and I'll cut off your head and put it on a platter today. Why? Because faith always speaks the desired end result. 
You gotta write that down. Faith always speaks the desired end result. When I pray for people like Wally with cancer, was I negating he had 24 hours to live? Absolutely not. Was I saying doctors are wrong? No, no, I believe in doctors and nurses. They fight the same devils of sickness and disease that we do. But I know I have a greater report living on the inside of me. I knew that if I can get his faith elevated, him to believe God, it don't matter if they told him 24 hours, my God would give him a whole lot more years than that. Come on, somebody. It don't matter how emaciated you are, how bad things look, your knees might be knocking together in fear. Don't let your faith get contaminated by your fear. I said, don't let your faith get contaminated by your fear. In fact, I told him, I said, well, we'll do one of two things. I'll either give you a heck of a funeral this week, or Jesus Christ is going to touch you when I lay my hands on you, and every cell that's ravished with cancer is getting turned around in Jesus' name. Well, that was nearly three years ago. In fact, we joked about it a couple months after he came out of that sickbed. He was over to the pantry putting food in other people's cars. Why? Because he realized you've been blessed to be a blessing. I said, hey. He said, what's up, pastor? I said, you missed your funeral. Oh, that's cold. No, it's truthful. The devil thought we were going to have a funeral for Wally. No, no. Wally's out telling people how Jesus healed him. How this starry-eyed-looking, weird-looking boy came in there. Full of faith, anointed of the Holy Ghost. Why? I was just modeling what Jesus did in Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all. Somebody say all. Who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness and disease is oppression of the devil. I said it's oppression of the devil. In fact, if anybody was in these meetings this week, we should have no problem teaching sickness and disease that Christ is the healer. I'm so thrilled for that boy from Nashville. You want to talk about faith? That boy that stood right here the other night, he messaged me. I don't even know him. He found our live stream. He bought himself a plane ticket in faith, flew up here to come to the meetings this week. I know people in Honesdale couldn't get their butts here. Well, I'd like to, but I'm afraid the service might go along. Hmm, I have kids. So do I. There's no better place for your kids to be than the house of God. You leave them in school for 40 hours a week where they're teaching them about LGBTQXYZ and every other agenda that they have. Ouch, but it's true. There's no better place to have your kids than the house of God. Why? Because faith is like a muscle. The more you work that thing, the more it grows. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, that each has been given the measure of faith. When you preach the word of God, the potential for faith to be born on the inside of you is there every single time. Somebody say every single time. Faith's like a seed. It gets sown on the inside of you, and that thing will grow and grow and grow, or you make excuses for why it doesn't. So that boy jumped on a plane from Nashville, stood right here. He was in his 20-something. What nobody knew, including myself, was that he had cancer so bad on the inside of him and had some other physical issues going on, he couldn't eat. In fact, every time he eat, he'd throw it back up. Why? Because the cancer had eaten away his insides. So the doctors had given him up to die, which what are they going to do? They don't know any better. Amen? They're doing the best that they can do outside the knowledge of the Holy Ghost. Amen? That boy stood right here, and we, I stood where Chris was, and we were praying in the Holy Ghost, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit started moving and re revealing things by the word of knowledge to Brother Ted. Called him out, called him up. Then I went and grabbed him some donuts in the back, amen? I had somebody chew my rear out for giving a guy a donut. Who did that church think they are? Giving somebody a donut during prayer. That is disrespectful to the presence of God. No, no, sit yourself down. Let me help you out a minute. That boy couldn't eat before he came here. That was a sign. Faith demands corresponding action. That was the corresponding action to his faith that by his stripes I was healed, and if I was healed, then I am healed. Come on, somebody. 
had somebody eat my lunch over that. Who do you think you are giving somebody a Krispy Kreme donut? Let me tell you right now, I'll shove that whole box of donuts in that boy's mouth to show everybody, come on somebody, that Christ is still alive, Christ is still the healer, amen? By the way, I got a message from him. He's back in Nashville. Since then, he's eating cheeseburger, eating steak, eating all kinds of stuff, not thrown one thing up, not had one problem. Why? Because Jesus Christ reveals it. He's going to heal it. Amen? I said, if he revealed it, he's going to heal it. This week, we saw blind eyes open, deaf ears open. A friend of mine had hard of hearing. Boom, ears up. Your ears got healed. Amen? All kinds of people I could point to around this room. Signs, wonders, and miracles. That, and guess who did it? Jesus. Wasn't Tyler Drost, wasn't Ted Shellsworth, wasn't anybody else. It was Jesus and the power of God on display. Why? Because it's a sign to show you that he's still the one true living God, that he is God Almighty. He's still healing every sickness, every manner of disease. He's still alive and well, amen? Get me excited. Bearing fruit in every good work, I told you this, always advancing, ever increasing. If you're a child of God, which you are, your life should always be advancing and ever increasing in every area of your life. Amen? Why? Because your father is always advancing and ever increasing. Every good work steadily growing the knowledge of God with deeper faith. Somebody say deeper faith. Clearer insight and a fervent love of his precepts. Verse 11, we pray that you may be strengthened. Somebody say strengthened. I like this. And invigorated with all power. How much power? How much power? Now, let me tell you something. If God has all the power, which he does, does God have all the power? I says, God have all the power. Then how much is left for the devil? I'll wait. I said, if God has all the power, then how much is left for the devil? The devil can only do to you what you allow him to do. Ooh, baby. I'll take a step further. God has done all he's going to do about the devil when Jesus died on the cross. There's only one last thing that's going to take place, and the Bible says in Revelation at the end of time, Chris, Happy birthday, by the way. Give him a big hand. It's his birthday, amen. When God pulls back that veil, that people will say, nations will say, that's the one. That's him. That little punk, that little puny rat is the one who tormented the nations. He's the one that caused everybody so much grief. And the Bible said people will stand in amazement at how puny the devil is, how much power he doesn't have. And God's going to throw his sorry rear, my translation, into the lake of fire, amen, once and for all. God has done everything he's going to do about the devil when he made a public show of him openly by demonstrating, by shedding his blood on that cross. He made the devil defeated once and for all. Sin and death once and for all. Sickness and disease, once and for all. And I'm on it, I'll add it. Poverty and lack, once and for all. Jesus broke the back of every bit of sin's curse. Why? He did it for you and I. He did it for you and me. Do we deserve it? By no means. But he did it anyway. When he was on the cross, you were on his mind. I, I feel that Harley anointing. Amen. I said... When he was on the cross, you were on his mind. You were on his mind. You were on his mind. Amen? So you may be strengthened and invigorated with all power according to his glorious might. According to whose might? I said according to whose might? No, no, no. Whose might? His might. Well, Pastor Tyler, I'm just weak. I'm a no good wretch sinner. Ah, there's nothing I can do. You're right. 
you were beforehand, but you're a new creature. You're a new creation. God lives on the inside of you. He didn't say strengthen you according to your might. He strengthened you according to his might. Last I checked, he's all powerful. He's all knowing. He holds all the strength. Come on, somebody. There's nothing that he can't do. He said that's what he's using to strengthen you with. His might. I said his might. His might. He strengthened you according to his power, not yours. According to his power, not yours. Imagine that. The one who spoke this thing in existence didn't even have to get up off his throne is strengthening you, strengthening your inner being according to his might. So the Bible says in Romans 8, 11, that the same spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you and will quicken your mortal body. That same spirit, the same exact one that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you and I tonight. I say lives on the inside of you and I tonight. You can say amen, say ouch, but it's the word of God concerning your life. To attain every kind of endurance and patience with joy, amen? Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Worship team, come back. I'm going to land the plane. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified who? Qualified who? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. God himself qualified you? Oh, some of y'all believe in it. Now I showed you in the Bible. God himself has qualified you. Qualified you. Well, I'm from the ghetto. As Dr. Fred Price used to say, I found out God was the God of the ghetto. We didn't even have to fry no chickens to find out. Come on, somebody. It don't matter if you live in the ghetto or live in a gated community. God is still God. He's still qualifying you. You can live in the penthouse or the crack house. What I know this is he's still a good God. He still loves you. He doesn't base it on your race. He doesn't base it on what you have or don't have. He don't base it on what you drive or don't drive. Come on, if you rode a Harley, a slingshot, or a Rolls Royce in this place tonight, God don't care about that. What God cares about is that he loves you. He wants your heart more than anything. Come on, somebody. Why? Because he shed his son's blood for it. He qualified you to share in this thing. And while, I, while I'm on it, hear me. It's disrespectful to God. Every time you say, I can't do that. Every time you make an excuse for what you can't do, God's called you to do it, you're insulting him. I told the crowd this morning, prayer is one of the greatest tools that God's ever given us, amen? You know what I like better than prayer? Praise. I like just being thankful to God. I just like Chantel saying, God, I thank you you pulled me out. God, I thank you you delivered me. God, I thank you you changed my life, Ricky. Come on, somebody. God, I think that I'm not, I might not be all I'm supposed to be, but I think I'm not what I used to be. God, I thank that, that you gave me a family, man. You gave me beautiful kids. God, I thank you for the clothes on my back. I think you begin to be thankful to God for everything. Watch this. There's a level even higher than that. Hear me. It's called fellowship. It's called fellowship. Koinonia is a Greek word. Where you come into a place with God and you begin to have conversation. Oh, man. I said you begin to have conversation with God. Sometimes I wake up in the morning, Lynn, and I say, God, I'm sorry if I hurt you. I'm sorry if anybody else hurt you today. I hope you're having a good day. Why? Because I want him to know I care about him. I want him to know that I'm here for him. 
He believes in me, but I believe in him too. I, I don't just want to ask him for things. Sometimes with people with prayer, it's just, God, I need, God, I need, God, I need, God, I need. Well, you move from a place beyond that into praise and you begin thanking God. God, I believe I've already received. Yeah, do I have needs? But you said you supply all my needs. Come on, somebody. I'm entering into a labor of rest, which is the greatest labor of faith, is entering into a labor of rest, is believing so much that it's done, I don't even think about the matter anymore. How's it going to happen? I don't know. He'll figure it out. My job's having done all to stand. Stand firm, according to Ephesians 6. But you can move into a place of fellowship with God. I said fellowship with God. You begin to encounter people and speak things you don't even know. Why? Because he put it on the inside of you when you're praying in the Holy Ghost. I didn't know I was preaching this morning. <laughs> oh, God. I got in a shower and I started praying in the Holy Ghost and I, I got out. Truthfully, I, I dressed up a little bit. And I said to Carolyn, I'm leaving the house. I said, I feel like my dad's going to make me preach. So I spent my time praying in the Holy Ghost all the way to the church. Walked in towards the end of worship. Just praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the Bible says it'll give you the words to speak in the hour you're to speak them. Somebody said, you have a gift. No, I just believe what the Word says. I believe you could pray in the Holy Ghost and it's like downloads from heaven that you're fellowshipping with God. That's the purpose. You pray in tongues. It's not to act like a flake or a weirdo or anything else. I pray in that precious heavenly prayer language because the devil doesn't speak that language. He might speak English. He don't speak that language. And God downloads from heaven, deposits on the inside of us. God puts things on the inside of you to be released at the right time, at the right moment, in the right hour. Nobody at all knew today I wasn't supposed to preach until I said something. It's like you prepared that whole thing. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit prepared the whole thing. Look, God used donkeys to speak in the Bible. He can use you too. Amen. I had one lady say one time, my husband is a donkey. I said, well, God used donkeys in the Bible. Praise God. Slap in the head, say glory. Amen. Why? Because he's qualified you. You pray for that thing. Lord gives you an idea, a business, a dream, an invention. You say, well, I could never do that. I don't have the money. I, you start making excuses for what you can't do when the Holy Spirit's the one who revealed that thing to you. Instead, you should be saying, God, I thank you. You've qualified me to do that. I thank you, Lord. Your angels are bringing me the resources to do it. God, I thank you. It's coming my way. I was with somebody last week. I said, you ought to do this for a business. Just came up out of my spirit. Man, that could work. Why? I was praying in the Holy Ghost beforehand. He put that in there. Don't believe me? I know a man. I can't say his name. But I know a man, well, who was a janitor in a high school and got filled up on faith and prayed every day for two years, God, give me a dream, an invention, a business, or an idea. Holy Spirit, show it to me. I don't want to be a janitor anymore. Nothing wrong with being a janitor, but it's not what he wanted to be. Amen? Two years, nothing. <laughs> the Holy Spirit said to him, start a hand sanitizer business. He said, I don't know nothing about a hand sanitizer. Well, the only thing I know about sanitizer is where I squirt it on and clean. So he started researching the thing. Took everything he had, invested it in a hand sanitizer business. His family told him he was nuts. Everybody told him he was crazy. You ate too much pizza before you went to bed. Oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid over at that church. You're brainwashed. You're brainwashed. The devil will always try and talk you off of the train of faith. You take that train and run him right over and keep going. You hear me? You run him over and just keep going. 
Well, guess what happened to my friend? COVID-19. He didn't get it. The world got it. You know what he got? Billions with a B. Billions. He gave my friend a huge gift. Paid off all of his churches. He has seven locations. Paid them off on a bonus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit gave him an idea for hand sanitizer. Hey, hand sanitizer. You know what the Holy Spirit was doing? When he was isolating him, he thought people were picking on him, people were making fun of him. No, no, the Holy Spirit was showing him he had qualified him, that his prayers were answered, that he had a plan and a purpose for him. Man, I said, Holy Ghost, why didn't you give that to this guy? I don't care who thinks what of it. Amen. I'll squirt that thing on everybody. Come on, somebody. Why? Because he had enough faith to believe that God had qualified him, that the Holy Spirit really didn't want to bless him, that it was God's will for his life to be blessed. He released his faith for it. Everybody else told him he was crazy. Yeah, they told Noah he was crazy too and he was building a boat in the middle of Iraq where it never rained. But guess what, baby? When the rain started coming down, they were all banging on the door to get in. Guess what? Royal Caribbean had already set sail. Come on, somebody. And they drowned. Why? Because their own fear of what everybody else thought. They drowned because they're making fun of and talking and talking and squawking and buying into the lies of the devil. And they said, man, maybe there is something to this Noah guy. I know maybe him and his kids, maybe God did speak to him. Well, it never rained here before. He's kind of crazy. No, no. The Holy Ghost revealed it to him to give him a place of protection because sometimes the Holy Ghost will protect you in fact he'll always protect you you hear me I know I'm over on time it's okay where else you got to be it's 8 o'clock on Sunday night in Honesdale I promise you they rolled up the streets already amen half the crowd who's not here they're at the fair I pray their funnel cake goes right to their thighs amen no I'm teasing Deep fried Oreos, the whole bit, amen. We got against funnel cake. Nothing, but we got church. Go to fair another night, amen. Get filled up on the word of God and funnel cake the rest of the week, amen. Or deep fried Oreos or whatever you like. <laughs> Jesus. So let me ask you this if God did it for my friend, <laughs> why not you? If God did it for my friend, why not you? If God could call my mother, watch this, who my mother hates public speaking, is totally against being in front of people, totally against all this stuff. She, she's very timid. But if God could call her to rise up and have a heart for people in Kenya, start raising money and build a church. In fact, she sends me to raise the money. Because she won't even do that. She don't like getting on a microphone. I got all these Kenyans at me on Facebook. I can't pronounce her name, spell her name. Oh, man, I barely spell my own name. Amen. I grew up in Montdale. Ever heard of it? Me neither. Went to Lakeland. But if God could use her, I'm just giving you an example because a lot of y'all know my mom, to start taking care of HIV-infected widows and orphans, start raising money and build a medical clinic, hire a doctor, to build two churches by faith, to pay the pastors, what can you do? In fact, the last time my mom went, Jesus help me. Don't, this is not arrogant. Please hear what I'm saying. Nothing I say is trying to be out of arrogant or pride. 
But I believe you could transfer the anointing by laying on of hands. Why? Because Paul did it with Timothy. And I took my mom like this and I said, Mom, I said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And I told you I put pressure on God. I said, or I'm a fake. I said, sometimes I say that just to prove to people that's how serious I am when I speak about the power of the Holy Ghost. I said, God will heal you or I'm a fraud and I'll quit. That takes guts. Or stupidity. Probably someday God's going to knock me in the head for it. But here we are. We'll do that when we get to heaven. Why'd you put so much pressure on me? Sorry, you're the one who called me. Amen. I said, Mom, I said, God will use you to heal the sick. Because I know a little bit something about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I said, (laughs) Jesus. I said, don't be surprised. He uses you in the working of miracles when laying hands on people with AIDS. HIV-infected widows. I said, if not, I'll quit. Well, they went over there. She laid hands on a woman who was infected with HIV and AIDS. And the Lord restored her just like that. Watch. The power of God is transferable. That's why I take time doing these meetings. Believe me, on Sunday night, I have no desire to come to Honesdale or go anywhere. I'm just being honest with you. Go tell the truth. Better be truthful in the house of God. This has cost me, you want to be honest with me? This has cost me a fortune to do this. Small fortune to some. It's worth every nickel. It's worth every penny. Paul, every single penny is worth it. We have these board meetings and financials and different things. It costs a lot of money to run this thing. I got one, two, three, four buildings and we're building an addition. You know what that costs? Lots. Utilities. All kinds of stuff. It's worth every single penny. Why? Because I know that we're pushing back the gates of hell in Honesdale. People are getting set free. People are getting healed. People are getting delivered. People are getting saved. And I tell you this. Sometimes I go long. You know why I go long? Because I feel the Spirit of God getting strong on me, and I say what it needs to be said. And then I sleep good. I don't care who gets mad, who eats my lunch, who hates me on Facebook, who whatever. I put my head on my pillow at night and sleep good, baby. Why? Because I'm at peace with God. So let me ask you this as a call to action. Young, old, it don't make a difference. Every head bowed, every eye closed. What do you believe in God for? I said, what do you believe in God for? Because if you don't know what you're believing for, you'll never get it. You don't have a target you're trying to hit, you'll miss every time. I'll take a step further while I'm on it. You know why most people, Chris, don't have enough money? They don't know how much they need. Pretty good, right? They don't know what they need. He said he'd supply all their needs according to his riches and glory but they don't know what they need. No, I won't say that. Had somebody ask me one time how much it'd take to shut me up. I said, well, I know what God's called me to do, and I have an idea what it costs. You write that check, I'll shut up today. I shut them up pretty quick. More money than they've ever heard of. But here's what I know. I know what I need, and I know God will always take care of every need. In fact, it'll be more than enough because he's else should die. Never know a day of lack. Never know a day of underneath. We'll always be on top because he said it. So let me ask you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, what are you believing for? Now the pressure's on you to use your faith. 
what do you believe in God for? Or are you just working five days to work for the weekend like everybody else? Well, my life sucks Monday through Friday, but thank God for Saturday, Sunday. Oh, man, we're back at it again. No, no. What are you believing God for? In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, he'd do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask, imagine, or even think of according to his spirit, which is at work within you. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, because I feel it in my spirit. Do yourself a favor, not yourself. This is for you now. Go home. Make a list when you get home. I don't care if it's right after service, you go get something to eat later tonight, whatever. Hear me. I'm telling you, I'm not playing with this stuff. Make a list. Not what you need, but what you want. Write it down. Make the vision plain. Write it down. Watch this. And then check it off as God does it. <laughs> While I'm at it, I'll say this too. Once the list is complete, frame it, hang it on the wall, and start a new list. I'm telling you, see if God won't do it. I've given this word before, and I've had people come back to me within days, some within weeks, some within months. Businesses, new jobs, increase, changes, people who couldn't have kids, had kids, all kinds of stuff. I'm telling you, I'm telling you something the power of the Holy Ghost. Make a list. Write it down. I don't care if you're young, old, gray hair, no hair, bald. It don't make a difference to me. Hear me. Make a list what you're believing God for and check it off as you go. Frame it hanging on the wall when you're done and make a new list and then let people know this is what my God did for me. One last story. When I was struggling with something in my eyes a couple years ago, I never told anybody. But at nighttime, my eyes would swell shut. I was going blind. Had 20-20 vision. I was flying airplanes before that. And then I started going blind. Never told anybody, Chris. Carolyn would have to drive at nighttime. My eyes would swell shut so bad. Been to doctors. They didn't know it was glaucoma or this, that, whatever, all this stuff. But every doctor I went to told me, there's nothing we can do. You'll probably be blind within 24 months. Well, I don't receive that. I had all the faith in the world. I kept releasing my faith, and I didn't get any better. I was only getting worse. You ever been there? But having done all to stand. So I gave this word one night about making a list. And I have my own list, amen? I remind the Lord of it frequently. We're driving to the Cadillac, and the biggest item on that list that would allow me to be able to preach the gospel and do different things all over the place. I heard the Lord stronger than I've ever heard it before. We got done with a meeting. We're driving down Route 6 where Pizza Hut used to be. Eyes were just about swelled shut. I heard the Lord say, is that all I can do? Is that all I can do? I thought, good God. You know what that vision would cost? I mean, an astronomical amount of money. He says, is that all I can do? Heard it again. I said, no, you can do whatever you want to do. You're God. He says, is that all you can believe me for? I said, fine, you want it, you got it. I told you I fellowship with God. I said, my faith's going to a whole new level right now. God, and I researched the thing, and I said, fine. This is, I'm going to the top tier with this thing. This might be too much for you. This was my experience with God. And I released my faith for it. I put it on the list. <laughs> the next night, I happened to be ministering with Ted, who was just here. He's traveling to do some music with him. 
and he didn't even know. And he says to me, come on, let's take a walk of faith. He says, last night the Lord spoke to you, X, Y, Z. We just recounted the story. He says, you've been struggling in your sight, but tonight blindness comes out of your eyes. He said, I'd ask the Lord why. And the Lord said, you've never confessed that you're going blind. You only confessed every day that your eyes are getting better, better, better. Tonight you receive your miracle. Well, I'm telling you right now, these eyes came wide open. And as a sign, I was staring up in the LED lights. And you can't do that with good eyes. Went to the doctor, 20-20 vision back. Got my CDL physical back. Last week I flew an airplane again. When you release your faith, faith can do what God can do. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we've already gave a call for salvation. I believe everybody in the sound of my voice is saved. But if anybody who isn't saved watching on the other side of that camera needs to get saved, tonight's your night. Very simply, the Bible says, you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, thou shall be saved. At the end of this broadcast, there'll be a prayer that comes on. I'd like to pray with you. But I'm going to ask you to do three things, in-house and on that camera. If you said that prayer, meant it in your heart. Number one, pray every day. Say you don't know how to pray, just begin to thank God out of your mouth. Just begin to say, God, thank you for another day. Thank you, God, for breath of my lungs. Thank you, God, for closing my eyes. Just begin a life of thankfulness to God. Number two, read the Bible. Hear me on the other side of that camera. If you need a Bible in-house tonight or on the other side of that camera, I will send you a Bible free of charge. Just write us, text us, call the office, whatever. And watch this. This is how much I believe in it personally. I'll pay the shipping handling myself. That's how much I believe you need the Word of God in your hands. You can also download the YouVersion Bible app. If you do, friend request me. We do devotional plans together every day. It'll take two minutes of your time. You don't even have to do it, but you should. It'll be a good time together. Number three, go to church. The Bible says in Hebrews 10.25 to not forsake the gathering of the brethren as the day quickly approaches. I'm telling you right now, the day is quickly approaching. Shut off CNN and read Revelation. You'll see the day is quickly approaching. So get to church. Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., down at Peckville Assembly of God, if you're able. If not, 201 10th Street, Honesdale, Pennsylvania, every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. We'll be here, but more importantly, the presence of God will be here. Amen? I said amen. Now let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I felt in my spirit this week, God, a release of faith in your church. I thank you for Brother Ted and the ministry of Faith Alive. I thank you for the signs and wonders and miracles this week, God, as I spoke to Ted yesterday. But I felt the release in my spirit that something broke in Honesdale this week. And Ted told me the same exact thing. So I know, Father, out of the mouth of two witnesses, it's established. Father, I believe by faith as we continue preaching the word of faith here, God, it'll strengthen people's faith in this house and on the other side of that camera. And as their faith begins to grow, they'll see signs, wonders, and miracles work through their hands. Signs, wonders, and miracles in their life. People look at their life and realize there's something different about them. Their countenance has changed. God, I thank you for cancer being healed, even now in the sound of my voice. God, anybody who's dealing with any sickness and disease, 
Right now, I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, whom I belong to and whom I serve, I curse every bit of sickness and disease within an earshot of my voice. I bind it. I command it to leave and never come back. I speak health, healing, and prosperity in their life, their health, and their family by the precious blood of Jesus. God, I thank you, angels. Minister it even now. Touch them now. Gifts of healing, working of miracles. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said... Is it all God's people have said? Somebody give God a mighty hand of praise. Come on, you can do better now. Give God a mighty hand of praise. Here's what we're going to do. I pray you have the best week of your life. I'm going to jump on an airplane and fly to Tennessee, and we're going to have a good old time in the Smoky Mountains. But here's what I know. I pray you have the best week of your life. I pray your faith will take you higher than you've ever gone before. And I look forward to seeing y'all, either on the air or in the air. Amen? Soon enough, it'll be in the air. And I look forward to that day, too. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord always cause his face to shine upon you. You're rising up. You're lying down. You're coming in. And you're going forth each and every day you live to see the gift of another sunrise. May you know that you're blessed and highly favored by the creators of the heavens and earth. In Jesus' name, all God's people said... Somebody give God a mighty hand of praise. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.